0: This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 AM. Please visit kpulpit.co.za Christian perspective on the news does not necessarily reflect the opinions of Radio K Pulpit or the on-air presenter, but is the independent viewpoint of the individual contributor. Please send an email to info at kpulpit.co.za should you have any further inquiries. Christian Perspective on the News. We usually connect with Dr. Peter Hammond on a, front, on a Friday morning. He's out and about. He said he's out on the mission field. We'll be sharing some time this morning with Indomiso Zimo. He's a missionary with Africa Christian Action. Ndamiso, good morning and welcome to uh, 729 AM. Good morning, uh, Kpulpit listeners. I'm just uh, sharing for today in place of the usual Dr. Hammond out and about, you know, on the mission field. (laughs) Yeah. So we look forward to what you have for us. Please go ahead. Yes. In the news this morning, we take an in-depth look at the National Health Act that will adversely affect churches the most. Yeah. Now, there's been a lot of confusion of what regulations are in place, which ones expired and which ones are permanent. Now, the National Health Act states that all patients have a right to confidentiality, and this is consistent with the right to privacy in, South African, in, the, in the South African Constitution. So any law that contravenes this constitutional statute will automatically become null and void. Mm-hmm. And in a court case, constitutional law will be upheld. Now, just to give some background mm-hmm. before I dive in on how to fix churches, this new proposed amendment is fairly unpopular with South Africans. It would, it would open up the ANC to accusations of been tone deaf to the concerns of its constituents, which is kind of strange, because many see it as a backward step in contrast to the rest of the world that's been opening up now for months mm-hmm. and losing and losing local regulations. Uh, the amendments would make the regulations which mitigated the state of disaster a permanent part of law and society. This is seen as a serious breach of privacy and blatant overreach by the government's by some in society. Mm. Many have come out against this and have run campaigns to make the public aware. For example, 4SA and DSA are amongst the voices of dissent, and joining them are some political parties in Parliament, like the ACDP and the K-Party, and even activist groups like Apple Forum. Mm. Now, for those in society and people like me who have lost track of what's going on with the regulations, here's a timeline to recap. To recap, the disaster began on the 26th of March in 2020 mm. and lasted a little over two years, after which it was tipped for 21 days. So initially it was supposed to be 21 days, and then obviously we're here now. But Dr. Pala, the health minister, released the draft regulation for public feedback on March 15 of 2022. These proposed adjustments for the existing regulations were included. President Ramaphosa addressed South Africa on from the 4th of April of 2022, announcing that the cabinet had chosen to end the national state of disaster at midnight that evening. And I'm sure everybody remembers that day, and that COVID would henceforth be governed under the National Health Act provision. Mm-hmm. So, Minister Shamini Zuma issued a notification in the government gazette on the same day officially ending the state of disaster and all of its regulations and directives. Only a few transitional restrictions were kept in place, which expired at the night on the 4th of May. The health minister promulgated that the amendments in terms of powers granted upon him by the National Health Act on the 4th of May 2022, the day after Minister Khamini's transitional rules expired. The Department of Health noted that the amendments were just limited regulations meant to guarantee that there's no gap in terms of legislative instruments to prevent the development of COVID-19 in future and notifiable medical disorders. Mm. But a lot in the media have seen this as, translation, we don't have a backup plan. Only a few transitionary restrictions remain now in place until May 2022 at midnight. The health minister promulgates the amendments on the 4th of May, and Dr. Parler is requesting public opinions on the draft of the health regulations until the 4th of July. So it's apparently almost 90 days until anybody in public can comment on if these are regulations are fair and uh, received well by the public. Mm-hmm. So one of the big concerns in that. In the terms of the Regulation 20, of the existing regulations, should you fail to abide by the regulations, you commit a criminal offense. Wow. If you are convicted, you can be sentenced an unspecified fine or up to a decade in jail. Now, the question that most Christians are concerned about is on faith-based gatherings. Mm-hmm. Can we hold religious or church services? Yes because neither the existing regulations nor the amendments preclude religious or faith-based services. The amendments do, however, place some restrictions on the number of people who can attend without proof of vaccination or a negative test result of COVID-19. You still have to wear a mask indoors, according to Regulation 16A, Section 3 of the amendments. In the absence of immunization certificates or uh, COVID uh, shots, uh, what restrictions apply to indoor meetings? If no proof of vaccination or negative COVID test less than 72 hours old is required, an entry requirement of the amendment limits the attendance at an indoor event to a thousand persons. So if your church has a maximum capacity of, let's say, 800 people, you can have 400 people attend the service without needing a vaccination certificate or negative COVID test. So, what happens if the maximum number of people allowed is exceeded? It's worth noting that Regulation 20 of the existing regulations that, might, that may come in, that haven't come in yet, but may come in, makes breaking the regulations a crime. Mm. If you're convicted, you could face up to 10,000 Rand or up to 10 years in prison. Wow. Now, the question is asked why would you want to sentence a non-criminal so-called offender to 10 years in jail. It lacks the empirical reasoning to justify a death sentence for a regulation. You could pray that unintentionally or through ignorance, you know? Mm. So, the only positive I think we can see is, is that there won't be any screening of people that come into your church service or taking up temperatures. That will be done away with, and COVID is now deemed as a category 2 notifiable medical condition, so you have to notify people when you have COVID everywhere you go. So these regulations, like the Disaster Management Act regulations, can be altered at any time with the immediate effect to limit our fundamental rights to a greater degree. So to sum up, forced testing, wearing of masks, medical treatments and vaccines, quarantine, extraction of bodily samples, Continued limits on church and other gatherings, and the termination of your right to medical privacy, because you can be jailed for up to ten years for refusing, or maybe out of ignorance, refusing to comply with the, any of the things that I've discussed it about. So that is seen as a threat to church autonomy in the future. And I would encourage church and any believer to comment on the essay's uh, comments uh, section to you know, speak up and have a say before anything is administered so we can say we said something as believers. You're absolutely right. We can't just listen to this and hear it and not do anything about it. That's the voice of Indemiso Zemo. He's a missionary with Africa yes. Christian Action. Uh, Indemiso, thank you so much for your time this morning. Appreciate your input a lot. Take care until we connect again. Have a really good day and a fantastic weekend. Thank you. Thank you so much. <music>